Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars complete their WCC gauntlet with a Spokane-San Francisco split. Now BYU's back home as San Diego and Portland come to Provo. We'll look back and ahead with the coach and Trey Stewart next. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Yes, thank you. We welcome you back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, your weekly hour-long look inside the Cougar Hoops program. We have fans joining us live in studio, and we have viewers with us live and on demand via the BYU TV app. Our social media hashtag, hashtag Pope Show, before the show each week. Be sure to use that tag to submit questions for the coach and our weekly player guest. During tonight's show, we'll take part in our live audience polls via the Opine app as well. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we'll recap last week's road trip split, including a big quad one win at San Francisco, and it was a huge win. Uh, Deep Blue lets us get to know the freshman Fuseni Traore. We'll look ahead to this week's homestand against San Diego and Portland, and we'll take some questions from social media for Coach Pope and Trey Stewart during our weekly Q&A segment. Fuso will also be in the film room with us tonight as well. Let's officially tip off tonight's show by welcoming in the head coach of the Cougars. He is, of course, Mr. Mark Pope. Hey guys, how are we? Hey guys, what's up, player? How are you? Good, good. Welcome back in. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny, people ask me how the weekend went, and I said it was a great weekend. It was a great weekend for BYU basketball because a weekend consists of two games. And if the first, and the first one doesn't go your way, you can make it right in the, second, in the second one. That's what you guys did last week. Yes, we did. But before I get there, okay. I got something for you. What's that? I got two things, actually. Ooh. How much time do we have? You got all the time in the world. It's your show. It's first. Your show. Like this, uh, what is it called? The President's Cup? What is it? The University Cup? What is the cup? The cup that the Learfield Directors Cup. The Learfield Directors Cup, if you haven't heard, it's unbelievable because BYU is number one in all the fall sports. Cross country, football, women's volleyball, women's soccer in the national championship game. It covers your entire program for the fall season. Yeah. It's incredible. Okay. And all anybody's talking about is how these athletes are doing great and these teams are doing great. But today, we added one more incredibly appropriate championship crown to BYU Athletics. Because today, the great Greg Rubel, who reports on all these sports and all these athletes, was named the NSMA Sportscaster of the Year in the whole country. Not in the whole country. In the whole country. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. So it's actually super great because, because. Not in the like, whole country. Because in the world. But let me say this. Because Greg tells these athletes stories in such an amazing way. It just says such a perfect way. And he, like, tells the whole world about the amazing things the athletes are doing. And we're so lucky to have you, man. And it's, it's, it's really great to see you getting this recognition. It's super cool. So congratulations. That's very sweet of you. Thank yeah. you very much. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, getting old pays off, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it comes right down to. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you back in. I look forward to these nights. I really I do, do. too. Yeah. I got something else, too. <laughs> you got matching sweats. You got... Uh, 
Sweet oh, shoes. Oh, look at those. Those are nice. What? Look at that. And then, what? So I, I need. I, I don't know how to be a shoe model, but can we scan? Can we scroll down? Look at these babies. Okay, you be, you be, you've kind of recreated a bit of a word wall on your shoes, right? Yes, and in fact, we were walking out of the office, and and uh, Avery, who's here today, she was like, she was start oh, spinning around sorry. slowly. There you go. Yeah. My, how about those ankles, though? Seriously, <laughs> those things are beautiful. So. Uh, these shoes, um, yeah, that's what Avery said. She's like, Dad, you have the whole world wall. It's actually the word wall. <laughs> but uh, these are super cool. Um, actually created by the great Trey Stewart, who's going to be on the show tonight. Yeah. I love him so much. And what he's, he's got this business he's running that's super cool, I think we'll talk about tonight. But I just thought I'd bring him and show him off today. Default yeah. Happiness? Default Happiness. Come on. Yeah. What a great Default. company name. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Well, you're, you're gussied up. You look good. So that's all I got, man. Take over. I'm good. <laughs> you you kind of covered it. Uh, the, uh, you said something on the, uh, might have been during our post-game radio show Saturday night. You talked about um, how you just had five minutes after the game that you wish most humans could experience, I think is the way you put it. Yeah. Um, what, were, what were you talking about when you were saying that? Because it came after the San Francisco win. Well, I wish, I, wish I, I wish you could answer that question because you're so much better experiencing it, but I'll, I'll take a shot at it. So, if you've had an experience in your life where you work really hard to overcome a ton of adversity that you're feeling, and it's, it's sports, right? But we care so much where you overcome a ton of adversity and a ton of, a ton of doubt and where you're doubting yourself and your team and you actually accomplish something you didn't know you could do. You didn't know if you could respond the right way. Where you're so locked into the fight that all the other distractions and worries fade away. Because as a team, you're unified on only one thing. And it sounds easy, but very rarely are teams really dialed in on only one thing. Every individual is caring about all their different baggage, all the things, all their people in the stands and their future and their past and whatever. But, but when you get that, like that much adversity where it gets you laser focused on one thing and you actually do it, it's a beautiful thing to share with the team. And like we got to experience that on Saturday night. It's really special. I, I, I wish I could say it better than that, but that's the idea, man. And it is, it is a special, special thing. We, we had a, it's worth it. Like you think all the two-a-days and all the other stuff and all the work that goes into it, to get moments like that during a season, what makes it all worth it? It was awesome. And you don't, you don't get to experience in other yeah. places in life. So how do you um, begin to describe the, the common trait that links all of your teams you've had here in this remarkable thing called bounce back ability? Mm. Yeah, so we, we, we talk about this all the time. One thing, we have really good players. We have really good players and we have really good people. And we have players and people that are really focused on each other, that try so hard to be focused on each other and try so hard to be disciplined enough that we don't, we try, we're not always successful, but we try really hard not to let, um, not to indulge too much in grief, right? We try and rush through our grief and jump right back into being instructive. And um, it's a combination of all those things, man, but mostly you have a really great young man and, and really terrific competitors and basketball players. And it's, we've been really fortunate. It's hard to go as long as we've gone without, without winning, losing two in a row. So what point did it become a thing, do you think, where you, staff, players began to realize, wow, this, we never do let one loss become two? Well, let me tell you when it became a thing. 
it became a thing when Greg Rubel started saying, hey, these guys have never lost two in a row. <laughs> really? I have a whole analytics department, and all they do is they jump on Greg's Twitter feed like, hey, coach, did you hear about this? We need to fix this. It's, it's really unbelievable. So I think it kind of just is, is, you know, something these guys are really proud about. It's something we talked about from the first day that we got here, that the, the game just wants to know how are you going to respond. And, like, the most classic way is after a loss. How are you going to respond after a loss? And, and our guys have taken it to heart, and they've done a great job. We're, listen, we're going to lose two in a row sometime. It's just sports. It's what happens. And then the, then the question is going to be double down. How are we going to respond? But I am super proud of the fact that our guys, <clears throat> a lot of time when you face adversity, it fractures you, and it pulls you apart. And when you have a really healthy family or a really healthy marriage or a really healthy class or a really healthy team, that adversity actually pulls you together. And um, these guys have done that in a really great way. We're going to get to last weekend here in a second, I promise. But the day that the Gonzaga game was played, um, the website, The Athletic, which is a national sports publication, subscription publication, a lot of great writing, um, they published a piece on your basketball program. The author of the piece is named Brian Hamilton. He spent two weeks ago, he was with us for a few yeah. days, with the program for a few days, yeah. including here at the Coaches Show. Yeah. And he went back home and he put together uh, an article that was published day of the Gonzaga game. Really long, really in-depth piece. Whether you got to read some of it, all of it at some point, I don't know. But the response was really resonant. Um, not just BYU fans who loved it, clearly, but those of other schools, Big 12 schools, and, and, and those who think, man, BYU's got something really special kind of brewing there. Maybe you could just take us a bit into why that was an important uh, time for the program to have that maybe access given to that writer and what you thought the outcome was. Um, well, first, Brian's a great writer, right? Um, you know, he's been covering basketball for College a while basketball, now. yeah, he's, nationally. You know, and um, and I, I love when people tell the stories of our guys. I, I just think there's good stories. I love stories. I mean, we love stories. Pope family, we love stories. And on our team, we have these great stories that are just coming out every single day that you tell. And um, so um, I, I just think it's super powerful when you can hear people's stories. I think we all find inspiration from them. So he was actually, it took a long time. He was here, I think, for three days. And he was kind of in meetings and in practices and spent time interviewing our guys. And, and um, I think that we have a lot to be proud of here at BYU, um, not just wins and losses, but I mean, Greg knows better than anybody. We're so far from perfect. I mean, we got all kind of like warts all over the place, but we have a lot of try. Like we're trying really hard and we have a lot of special young men. So it's, it's, it's just, I love when people tell the story. It's great. All right, let's tell the story of last weekend, which began for you in Spokane, BYU and Gonzaga for the first time this year. Uh, they'd won, I think, 60 straight home games coming into yeah. the game with you. Um, uh, they extended it on this night, but it was a game where you talk about the fight. You took the fight too early. Yeah, so in the last last year in our two regular season games, we were down 22 to two to start the game at Gonzaga, and we were down 13 to two here at the Marriott Center. And so it was a massive, and, and then in the game they played before us, they were up on Pepperdine 10-0, and they just have this special quality about how they just jump on you from the get-go. So we spent a lot of time focusing on how we were gonna manage the first few minutes of the game, and our, our guys did a great job. Listen, it's, it's a credit to the Zags. They blew us out by 30. 
And there are so many positives we can take from the game. It just, just tells you how good they are. But um, there are a lot of positives we can take from the game uh, that, that we will, that we did and we continue to. But somehow we got to close a 30-point gap in the next three weeks, right? And that, that's going to be a real challenge. You had a first half where you score 49, bang 10 threes, and you're down double digits. That's how good they were. Yeah, you know, they, they um, you know, we, 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 uh, we went in with a very specific game plan, knowing that if they shot it well from the three-point line, it was going to be hard from us. And they went 10 for 15 in the first half of the three-point line. I don't know if they've ever done that before, but they, you know, they shot 67% from the three-point line in the first half. And then in the second half, they started really drilling us to the paint. They're a really talented team. I'll tell you something, again, a little credit to the, the Zags. This gift of having the number one team in the country in our conference for the last three years, we were talking about his staff the other day. There are so many key concepts to BYU basketball, actual terminology that has come about because of these eggs. Like, um, there's a lot of offensive concepts. We talk about roasting the switch 100% a result of playing against the Zags. We talk about a second hit, a first hit, second hit, which is a brand new concept that's come in the last two years because of playing the Zags. We talk about playing behind the switch. I mean, this Andrew Nemhard is like a, he's like a wizard about teasing the switch. And that's a new concept that is filtering its way into our thinking at BYU basketball because we have to face these guys all the time. And you're, you're, you're grateful to play against the best and it just drives you crazy so but they're making us grow they're they are making us stretch and grow and they're helping us grow and we got to get over the hump here that's the thing now, now you're, you're you're trying to win the west coast conference how much does playing gonzaga two three times a year st mary's two three times a year give you a sense of the kind of focus it will take night to night in your next challenge in a couple years because you're not going to face too many teams tougher than the one you get to see two or three times a year right now. Yeah, it was, it was super interesting. So the last three games, we played St. Mary's at home, which is the 35th ranked team in the country. And before we played them, I think they were probably 31. And then we played the Zags, who were the number one team in the country, on the road. And then two days later on the road played San Francisco, who at the time I think was 32. And now they're 37 or 36, right? And so that actually is going to be our schedule the whole regular season. Just repeat that a few times. In the times. Big 12, yeah. yeah. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be play those three games and then play a team that's 150 or, or 100. It's going to be like every single game. And um, I think that that, that's, that little window of three games is something that we're, we've thought a lot about it and we're, we're going to look back on as a little bit of a guide of, of some of the challenge and difficulty that's going to go into this next move. Now, with that said, hardest game we're going to play all season is Thursday. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. As for what happened last Saturday, you were playing for a ninth win and 11 tries on the Hilltop BYU at San Francisco. But there were the Dons. They weren't 11. They, they hadn't lost a home game yet. They were 11 and 0 at home this year. Yeah, and it's a really good team, man. This is a veteran, veteran team that's got a, a backcourt that's that's been one of the best backcourts in the league, and they've been together for three years. And then a front court that is just been destroying people. It's a combination of, of grad transfers and they're shooting the ball great. Uh, they're a really, really good team. We knew this was a huge challenge going in. BYU ends up winning this game by two. We'll get to the end story here in a moment. First half was interesting in that they shot 15 free throws. You had, did not get to the line. By the time you took your first free throw, they were 17 for 19 at the line. As that's going on, what are you wanting you guys to stay just locked, fixed on, and you as a staff too? And that's part of the scenario. 
Yeah, it's a back and forth a little bit, right? Because you need to you need to call attention to it for sure, and then you need to be focused on playing the game. And so, uh, the nice thing for me is um, Leanne actually traveled on the road with us, and so I could just focus on the game because Leanne was making the referees and the whole gym aware of the foul count the entire time. And it was super important. That's teamwork. Let's go. Nice work. Yeah, that's an important part of the evening. Uh, things did end up evening out somewhat. As we get to the end, you'll see that BYU did shoot uh, uh, 18 free throws by the end of the game. So the last 27 free throws taken, 18 were taken by BYU. And they made some big ones late to win this one, 71-69. I'm not sure when we're going to go to the clip. Maybe it'll be right now. We have a clip of, of the offensive rebound that Caleb Lohner had. Now, you're trying to nurse a lead late. Uh, you've got A-B into a shot that you don't mind him taking at all, but it didn't go. And maybe we'll be able to roll through the video, and you can kind of talk us through what it took for Caleb to A, yeah. grab this rebound, and what it actually meant in, in the outcome. Love it. So we've run some action. We're down to a short clock, five seconds left on the clock. And if you see, Caleb Lohner starts, he's backing up actually to find space. Poppy, he's backing up and he runs full speed downhill and has such a great sense, not only a sense of where the ball is going, but the athleticism and the motor to go chase this down and then to finish it by pursuing with two hands, which is nobody's instinct. Everybody wants to stretch out Reese with one hand, but he's chasing it with two. And this is a, he, he has got a elite level ability in terms of his ability to track down rebounds, that translates to every level of basketball, and it was probably the biggest play of the game. Go figure. It's a chase down, run down, offensive rebound that's the biggest play of the game, and I think there's no doubt it was. And prior to that, he makes your last two field goals of the night as yep. well. Yeah, and they were both like gutsy, tough finishes where he made great, great cuts against the defense and was able to finish really, really tough shots in the rim arguably his most impactful weekend of the year in terms of t putting two games together. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know he was, you know, I think it was hard to, for him to find any joy in the Gonzaga game just because of the outcome, but I know he found a ton of joy in the San Francisco game. Uh, you know, the first half didn't go great for him. He got a, a couple quick fouls, and so he didn't get a ton of time. And then just the last five minutes of the game, he just took it over. He took it over and made every single big play on offensive defense and, and was just incredible. Against, like I said, against it's a quad one game, guys. This is yeah. a San Francisco team that's ranked 35th in the country, give or take, right? Who who started the season? I think they were one of the t last 15 remaining undefeated. They got teams. to 10 and 0. Yeah, yeah. and um, is playing big time basketball. A veteran, veteran team, and this was an important game for them. This was a game they'd circled on their calendar. It was really an epic. Uh, epic battle. It was great basketball, and, and uh, Caleb Lohner uh, went a long way to getting us over the hump. It's a huge road split for BYU. All right, well, Saturday night at San Francisco, Fuseni Traore entered the BYU freshman top 10 for both blocked shots and offensive rebounds in a rookie year with still plenty of basketball left to play. Tonight, Fus helps us look back on how he makes an impact as he takes us inside the film room with Jerem Jordan. Yes, That's what everyone yeah. says in the Merit Center. What's that like to have the, the fans love you like that? My, just, just different. Like, you always make me hype when I hear my name, Foos. <laughs> okay, and so everyone knows, and we've heard it a million times, but let's get it right. Uh -huh. How do you say your name? Fuseni Traore. Fuseni Traore. Fuseni Traore. 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 I think we have it. Yeah, we we'll have it. We'll do our best, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Close. Okay, what was it like last week to play that Gonzaga game? Mm. And that was a crazy game. 
Yeah. But then have to bounce back and then play a very good San Francisco team on the road. Like it was very hard, like our game against Gonzaga, like everybody was fresh there, but it was big time, yeah, bounce back. Everybody was lacking, like because we need that win. It was awesome. It was it was good, it was big time, yeah. Okay, let's check out some plays from this. First off, a couple minutes in you had a nice block. Yeah, this one like I I was in the right spot because my guy who was defending, I, I'm, I'm the bottom, and I guess I'm just, I just went there and tried to help Beggy. Do you like a block or a dunk button? Like a defend, yeah. Sometimes I like blocking better, yeah. Okay, let's show some dunks though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Four minutes left uh -huh. in the first half. You have back-to-back -back possessions with dunks. Here's the first. Oh, Alex nice. doesn't miss much. Oh, no, he doesn't miss much. <laughs> but, you, but you were ready. Yeah, I was just ready to make sure at least if he missed yeah. Okay, and then was, the next one, you hang on the rim here. There, uh, there was some style here, Foos. Mm -hmm. Like after the football, I just feel it here. Say, man, if I have another chance, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do another one and try and I don't know how they find me, but they did. You just re <laughs> relished the moment? Okay, yeah. You, you know. have to dunk on this guy? Yeah. I like that. Okay, <laughs> later in the second half, and this is a back and forth game. Every possession matters here. You have a nice drive, uh, reverse layup. Here. Yeah, that was like... We usually do that line practice. That's like play for us for a week and just try to screen and slip so you can be wide open. Yeah. How old were you when you realized, oh, I have big broad shoulders, I can use this? I've been kind of like strong almost my whole life. Yeah. Just like the way I was built, like, as you said, like, I have to use more. Because I'm, I'm, I'm always gonna be on the side, getting big. Like almost everybody, I'm getting by 6'10", 6'9", I'm 6'6". Six, six. I have to use my body and my strength a Okay, and then apparently you're trying to become the point guard of Alex <laughs> and Tijon here, because you get a steal, you race up the floor. Oh, I was good for the body. That was quick, and I uh, Spencer was wide open. Yep. So why not? Uh, Said, hey, you got to make that, man. Yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> Look, you even kind of jumped on that pass. You were excited. I was, yep. Ooh. <laughs> Well, big week with uh, San Diego and Portland, a couple games you hope to win at home. Yeah. What will the key be to uh, winning both? I think so. the coaches will say, like, the transition defense, just always get back. And if we play the right way, the right defense, what shall we win? Yeah. Okay, well, good luck well, this week, and thank thanks for the time, folks. We're excited, yeah. Thank you. When you, when you talk about Foos, well, first of all, what a fun, you know, wow. just, uh, you call him a beautiful person. He is. He is just like... <laughs> I mean, he is, he is, he's just, I mean, I got so many words. So his, his wingspan gets talked about, size, height, speed. Mm -hmm. I don't think speed gets talked enough about with, just yeah. his ability to do things quickly and cover spaces and short, he's incredible speed. Yeah, we talked about this, his explosiveness off the floor. So it's interesting because sometimes you have high jumpers that are slow jumpers. I don't think that makes any sense in terms of physics. But sometimes you have high jumpers or slow jumpers. He is a high jumper that is so explosive off the floor. He can get from the floor to the rim so incredibly fast. Uh, he, he brings a lot of skills to the game, but like his insides is what makes him really, really special. He just is, he, he might be like nobody we've, we've seen before. I was sitting with Todd Golden, head coach USF. We were just about to start our pregame interview. And as we were starting to talk, Foos walked by and he immediately stopped, like tapped me. I said, that's, that, that's the guy, that's the guy. <laughs> He's pretty excited about it. Yeah, not excited to face him, but he thinks you yes. got something pretty special. All right, uh, quickly, let's take a quick look at January, how it's gone and how it is going to go uh, the rest of the month. We see three W's in the left-hand column, and you hope to put four more on the right by the end of the month. I'll tell you something great. So right now, our non-conference schedule is the 26th hardest non-conference schedule in the country. Our whole conference, our whole schedule is the 11th hardest schedule in the country. 
It might be the first time ever that after playing conference games. Non-conference, yeah, yeah, it got harder. Our, our schedule actually is harder and it's a top 11 difficulty schedule. I'm super proud of that and that's actually super cool. It's a credit to the WCC. That's, that, that, that's the start that the league has given you this year. Excellent. All right, as we go to break for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, more from Foose with Deep Blue and Trey Stewart joins us in Studio C as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome back inside Studio C to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, your weekly deep dive inside the Cougar Hoops program. Well, during Christmas week, a single player swept both the freshman and player of the week honors in the WCC. That's an uncommon occurrence. But Fuseni Traore is a rare type of player and person, as we learn some more in this week's edition of Deep Blue, brought to you by Brady Industries. Honestly, better. My name is Fuseni Traore. Traore. I'm trying so hard to say his last name correctly. I, when he says it and I said, I'm like, it's the same. And he's like, no, coach. <laughs> So, I'm working on it. People call me Fusia. I'm from Mali, West Africa. Coming from like those super humble circumstances, and then coming to the States, he has not lost one ounce of his hunger and determination, humility. So, Fusia's journey started with uh, initially being introduced to me. And uh, when he came here, he was uh, able to live with the Zentner family. You know, we started to get pictures and we started to go through this process of, of okay, who is this, you know, boy and, and how would this work? And, and then it happened quick. Within about two and a half months, uh, Foose was, Mike was like, it's ready. And love, you don't get this chance twice, just one, one, one time, yeah. But if you say now, maybe you might not get another one, who knows, yeah. And I was so happy, my family was so happy to me, yeah, I was so happy too. Because I would say life is a love battle here, and you got a lot of opportunity. Even if no, even no bus, just basketball, like school-wise too. When you got here, like diploma, you can go back in your country and be anything you want. We were there in the morning. Got the got the visa. He said, "I need to go home and say goodbye to my family, my friends." And he literally met me at the airport with a backpack with maybe a, a shirt and one pair of pants and some shoes. And so it's middle of the night, you know, in, in the heart of winter, uh, December, and, and here's this boy coming that has never seen us, never talked, speaks zero English. <laughs> After I got here, it was like snowing like crazy. And I said, wow, what is that? Like, it was freezing. I said, I'm not used to that. You know, just an incredible amount of, of faith and hope in Mike and what he could provide for these boys and, and trusting that he's lined up these families that would be impactful for, for Foose. And, and we just feel, you know, tremendously grateful that, that we were able to play that role. They grew to love him very much, and he felt the love. 
And then when they moved, the Saunders uh, invited him to live with them. They had such a big impact on him as well, and they had a son that played with Foose as well. And then for the next year and a half, he was um, in our home as he was a sophomore and a, a junior at the Wasatch Academy. And he was, uh, which is a privilege for us because Richie and going there didn't know anybody. And then he ha had Foose to be in the home with him as his, his, his friend his brother. And so he's got a pretty big um, fan base now, so to speak. And uh, they all love him, and he's lucky to have such a large extended family. I miss my family, but I never feel like I'm alone, you know, because of my host family, Zentner and Sanders. Like, they're always, always there for me. So Foose has influenced us all in a lot of different ways, but how he has influenced me the most, I would say, is just the bravery. The bravery that that he came with, that what it takes to, to leave your family and come to the United States to try to, to create a life for yourself and for your family and your country and to make them proud. And he has handled it as well as anyone. And, and it's inspiring to us, to me, because Gosh, it's, he's been asked so much, and he just handles it so well. I'm Muslim, first year, and in my belief, like, is we need to be kind to each other and always pray, like, I'm always trying to be like the best person as I can be. I think Foos is without guile. And when nobody's looking, you can guarantee Foos is gonna do the right thing. He's just that committed to correct principle. And there's, there's no question when, when the crossroad is in front of him and he has to choose to, to go to the left or, or to, to go to the right, He's going to choose the right way because he knows in his heart that it's the right way. And he, he's a man that doesn't compromise that way. And I think it's been inspiring. It's been inspiring to anybody that knows Foos. He had four top 25 teams uh, offer him, want him, and, and two of them were exceptional fits. They were very good fits. But when it dials back to what's important to Foos, you know, we had academics, we had a coach relationship, we had some different pieces with that. Um, and, and where he fit, you know, in the program. But he analyzed it all out and then prayed about it. It was very difficult, and after, like, I said, okay, like, tonight I'm gonna pray and ask God, yeah. And I just pray and went to bed. And the first thing in my mind tomorrow, that's where I'm gonna go. Next morning I wake up, it was BYU, you know. I just call everybody, call BYU. It's time now I'm, I'm committed. That was it, was, it was one of the best things in my life, yeah. It, it speaks to his purity and that relationship, but it was cool for him to grow into this another level of, of an individual relationship with God, and it's something he took really serious. He has taught us devotion and expanded our view of, of religion and God and faith, and we are very grateful for that. And I hope that we've expanded his view of faith and devotion as well. 
Like, right when I come here, like, kind of, I never feel honored, you know? Because, like, we always got each other back no matter what. Like, here is always, like, it's feel like real family, you know? You never feel, you know? Like, if, even when you do something, like, you, you already know your, your, your teammate got our back, you know? That's why it's just so special here. Yeah. It's very special. And probably the, the freshman year that you thought he might have has turned into a, a different kind of freshman year. But all the things you love about him, you've been able to see maybe more of just a little earlier. Yeah, you know, he's, he's man, what a powerful story. But he, um, he made a comment. He's like, he's like sometimes you, you have a chance, and sometimes you never get another chance. And in that chance, you know, it's so hard for us to relate to. But in that chance, his chance was to go home to his family and say, I can leave. I can go to the United States and get an education and play basketball. And, and like his family cannot come here right now, right? So he's, they're going, he's going to a place where they've never been. And he's been here, he's here for an indefinite time period. And it's not like they have contacts or there's an organization here that they know or anything like that. It's just his... Um, just such big commitments, but he has taken every, every, every way he can take advantage of this chance. He has taken advantage of it. I kid you not. I wish you, got, I wish you all could walk through our, our student study center because he's there four and five hours a day just hammering away on homework every single day and seeing how hard he works in the locker room and in the gym and in the weight room. And he's an incredible young man. And Cougar Nation like embraces him already, right? Like he like it, there's a special thing building already there. And don't you love it? Like he loves when people go foos. <laughs> like he loves it. He vibes on it. It's very cool. It is. All right. Uh, last week's edition of Deep Blue. We love Deep Blue. Uh, it introduced us to Trey Stewart, uh, whose ties to the BYU basketball family lie beyond his presence on the men's roster, and whose interests extend well beyond the playing court. And this week, it's a pleasure to have Trey joining us right here in Studio C. Please welcome in Trey Stewart. Here we go. How you doing? Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. You bet. Good to see you, baby. Is this one mine? All right. Maybe we should get right to what you, what, what'd you bring. Oh, I got you a gift. Oh. You ready for this? <laughs> I, don't know. Not that I thought it was for me. I didn't know what was going oh, on. No, so. You went right to the gift. See, no, Greg no. was like, hey, I think he not brought No, I did not think that. You know what? He wins a national award, and now he's like, everyone's no, bringing me gifts. Oh, yeah, congrats on <laughs> him. All right, it's your show. Yeah, so we're we're show, highlighting yeah. you. We're oh, highlighting you. Awesome. All right, so uh, I didn't buy these because I'm poor. So <laughs> thank you to Mark. All right, so I know you're from Canada. Oh, my. I got that on there. And then we got the little cougar that says Voice of the Cougars. Unbelievable. Because that's what you are. And then we just got a nice simple Y. And then I know your son has autism and you do a lot of change in the community for that. So just put that on there for you. So here you go, my man. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate you. Let me tell my grandma. Hi, grandma, by the way. She <laughs> loves you. And whenever the games are on ESPN, She'll turn it off on mute, and then she'll turn you on. Oh, like she's your biggest fan. So thank you, man. Appreciate you. Can we get her on the show? You better bring her. Vicky's always welcome. Did you do anything on the insoles? No, I didn't. So one of the things Trey does on these insoles is so great is he'll actually add some stuff on the inside of the shoe 
It's just fire. Like, these things are big. How great are those, Greg Rubel? Like a little maple leaf right there. So yeah. good. That, that is awesome. So good. That is so that. cool. That was actually the only way he could justify putting anything red on those shoes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> so cool. Thank you so much. No problem. That's very thoughtful. Wow. Uh, where do I want to go? Um, uh, high school, actually. I want to go back to high school with you on this one a little bit. Um, you're, well, first of all, you're one of the players on the current team that probably knows Coach Pope maybe the longest or among the longest mm. because he recruited you as a high school player to play for his other school. Mm. Can you take us back a little bit to when you first met uh, Coach Pope that way? Um, I just love the energy and vibe that he brought to U of U. Like, it was uh, obviously it didn't have all the bells and whistles of a lot of different schools, but like just every time you went in a meeting with him, it was just like you get out of that meeting, it was like, dang, I can run through a brick wall. I can do anything. <laughs> so like after talking with him and just the staff, everyone was awesome. So once they came over to BYU, I was so grateful for the opportunity to follow him. You know, it was three years ago this spring. Uh, you were in the state, well, almost three years ago, you were in the state title game, mm. 6A title game. You were playing for American Fork. Yeah. And it was you guys in PG, yeah. two schools that hadn't won it in a long, mm. long time. How cool was that to be part of a school that was like, well, this could be it. Like, we, we never get a shot at this. Yeah, it was awesome because our coach just came in and gave us the confidence. Like, we got a new coach that year, and he completely transformed, like, our mindsets and everything. And our whole quote the whole year was, like, do what's never been done. And it was, like, 40 years was our motto because we hadn't won in 40 years. So the fact that we set that goal at the beginning of the season, had a vision, and then went out and did it, it was just the best. And there were some unique connections in that you had a teammate, Isaac Johnson, uh -huh. who's brother of your current teammate, Spencer Johnson. Yeah. You were playing against Casey Brown for PG, <laughs> who's now your current teammate. And on the all-tournament team that year was Dallin Hall from Fremont, who's going to be a teammate yeah. of yours coming up. There was a lot going on that spring. A lot spring. of connections, a lot of connections. <laughs> it was funny, when we played Weber, we walk in that gym, and <laughs> Casey just turns to me and says, Give it a few years. Don't say anything. In a few years, you can make jokes, but right now, let's not talk about it. That's where the game was, right? That's, That's where, where the game was. He didn't need to hear it. Oh, man. Coach Pope, let's hear from you now about, uh, about getting to know Trey and, and why you knew you wanted to coach him. Well, um, so, I mean, it just is. Listen, BYU basketball is great right now because we have great human beings on this team. And, and Trey Stewart, as you've already seen, as you saw by the introduction when he came and sat down and knew you intimately and, you know, and, and not just that, but, like, who can pull off these pants? <laughs> like, come on, man, those are fire. Thank right? you. My sister bought them for They're Christmas. unbelievable. But, good, um, good lingo, coach, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm working fire. on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, working fire, on it. Yeah, practicing. Yes, yeah. yes. Man, he's got them. He's got it. Um, um, <laughs> So Trey, I'm pretty convinced that Trey, so um, Trey is actually a freshman here at BYU and he's already in one of the most esteemed uh, executive leadership positions of any student on campus, true. And um, he is uh, incredibly thoughtful, intelligent, um, aware. Um, he just is like aware sounds like a, a dumbed down word, but it, it's a great way to describe Trey. He understands what's happening with each of his teammates in their life. He has an understanding of what's happening in his environment. He is a leader's leader. Um, and so that's, that's the most special thing about him. Now, he's going to be a big time basketball player. Like he, he's going to be a great, great player here. He's making huge contributions to his team right now. And fans have already witnessed some of the most athletic feats uh, coming in the last <laughs> moments of games as Trey comes in and snatches a rebound that no other human being could grab. And um, we're, we're just we're blessed to have him, man. He's a special young man. Thanks. Now, when you left for your mission 
uh, you were committed for one school, right? Mm. And when you came back, you were going to be for a, for a different school. Um, where'd you go on your mission? And tell us a bit about that service. Uh, I went to Leeds, England, and I was there for around nine months. And then with like COVID and everything, I had to come home because I have asthma. I'm still a little salty about that. It's okay, <laughs> but I got sent to Washington, uh, Kennewick Mission, and it was a great experience. I love them both. Did you like your time in England? Yeah, England was different and it was so cool. It was just okay. awesome to get to know so many different people and it's a very diverse place, so. Now coming to BYU kind of reunites you, if you will, on campus with your dad. Uh, some folks may not be aware that your dad is Ray, who's a coach on the women's team and has a great history as a, as a, as a player himself. Um, how big was, was dad in kind of forming the basketball side of you? Uh, everything, like he played and then he named me after the three-point line, so yeah. it was like, I kind of don't have a choice, but I loved it because he always like kept his distance and made sure that like I had my own passion and drive rather than kind of like micromanaging me and always asking me to work out. Like it's funny, people would always ask like, oh, does your dad always work you out? And I'm like, no, like I'd ask him sometimes and he'd take me. But other than that, he's never going to push me to do anything I don't want to do. He wants to make sure that I'd handle my own business and have my own drive. How much of Ray is in trade, do you think? Be careful with this one. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta, I, I'm worried about answering this with Ray. Um, listen, uh, I actually got to know Ray first um, just uh, watching him work camps. And um, he, is, he, is a, he is an extraordinary person. You talk about a great representative of this university. I mean, he, you talk about energy, right, and passion and joy. And, um, you know, I was watching him work uh, girls' basketball camps. And he has these girls laughing and crying and up there dancing and doing skits. And like the joy that he brings into everybody's life that's around him is, is pretty spectacular. It's, 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 not, it's not hard to, f to see, you know, where Trey gets this um, ability to connect with people from. It's, it's actually super cool. And clearly, uh, you know, Ray takes the backseat to his mom. I mean, mm. come on. Love Denise. You're, Great you're, woman. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> getting high, mom. Yeah. So. In fact, in fact, you, if you wanted to bring Leanne, she would give bear testimony about Denise. I mean, she's unbelievable. We got to meet her a little bit in the uh, in the deep blue last week oh, too, yeah. which is pretty cool. So, uh, mission legs are they a thing? Do you think they were? A oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because the video tells us otherwise. I mean, you got back and before the season. Uh, I mean, coach, when he got when he got in front of a crowd there, I think at Midnight yeah. Madness was like, what mission legs? Well, it's all relative because <laughs> like his mission legs are like a thirty-nine inch vertical. <laughs> no, uh, oh, yeah. That was listen before this. So fast, like rewind like three months. <laughs> I remember we did bike sprints, which is the worst workout ever. <laughs> you remember, I, yes, we did bike sprints in the weight room, I and then know. we came out and we did a defensive drill, yes. and I fell over. Yes. <laughs> My legs just like didn't work for the first like yes. month I was there, and it was awful, but it's actually, got uh, back. Actually, Trey did a really great thing on his mission. So, you know, during his COVID time on mission, he was posting a lot online. Mm -hmm. on Facebook as part of a way to reach out to people. So one of the great things he would do is he would do, uh, he would say a scripture that was really relevant to him at the time. And that it, like he was standing there with a ball, say a scripture, and then turn around and do a dunk, uh, actually super impressive dunk for a missionary or anybody else in the world. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a nice little string of videos. It was actually very cool. Before we go to break, let's hit default happiness. We got the shirt mm -hmm. and we learned a bit about the product line in Deep Blue last week. Um, can you explain default happiness to, uh, to our audience? Um, really, it's just positivity. That's all it is. Like everything's just smile, happiness, and whatever you're going through, just to be positive through it. Like I know life can get hard and everything, but I'm just trying to 
I don't know, I just want to be a energy, I just want to be a source of positivity for other people and to inspire other people. So that's really what I'm trying to do with all of it. I'm already envisioning Trey like being a leader of this team as we go down the road and like I get totally sideways on the bench. He just walks by me in the heat of the moment. He's like, Coach be happy. <laughs> that'll be that'll go well. It's gonna be good for <laughs> that'll me. Go it's great. gonna be good for me. <laughs> Trey, bottom of the screen right here. What are people gonna find when they go to defaulthappiness.com? Uh clothing right now. I make all the stuff myself. It's pretty fun. Thanks from, to my parents for letting me use their house. So I just have like a workshop, make a ton of different things, and then I also do shoes and stuff, so, yeah. Thinking about scaling the business, like we talk about this all the time, because I'm super curious, like he, he's gonna be the CEO of many businesses. This dude drives, like he's the main, he started it, because I came in with this idea, and he was like, go do it. And I was like, okay. And then he like connected me with a bunch of business people, so really he's the one who pushed me into it, which I was so grateful for. So he's on your advisory board, basically. I yeah. should be chairman of the board. <laughs> you should. I want 1% stock. That's all I'm saying. But, <laughs> but, but you think about this, you think about the business, like like Silicon Slopes, this, this valley in terms of business has just lost its mind in the last 25 years. It's incredible, right? T tying in a certain niche, right? And so you think about this, okay? Trey's deal's got a ton of swag all over the valley, okay? He's got, he's, whoa. That was actually super cool. <laughs> he's got, um, and he irons it on, right, with a little mini iron? Uh, yeah, a bunch of different So things. you think about scaling this up, you got like return missionaries everywhere. Where do you have a young population in the world that knows how to iron <laughs> like return missionaries at BYU? <laughs> Like your workforce, like we got to scale this thing up. It's going to crush, man. Let's go. You, Let's man. go. Break time. Coming up, questions from social media for Trey and Coach Pope as BYU basketball. Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. with head coach Mark Pope and our special guest Trey Stewart right to Q&A presented by Smith's fresh for everyone the question first one we're gonna get to goes to Trey Trey from Jared the Cougar fan Trey how have you been able to improve your game this season your freshman season how has your game changed um, from pre-college to now thank you to Alex Barcelo Tijon Lucas and all the other great guards on our team like I just guard them every day <laughs> and guarding them like seriously such talented such experienced players and it's just an honor to be able to be around them and learn from them and I don't know just playing them every day like I always have to give myself some slack because like Alex cooks me all the time <laughs> and then I like sit there I'm like hold on he's five years he's an all-american I'm like I'm doing pretty good <laughs> so yeah thanks to them give yourself some time well in, yeah. in all fairness too there have been numerous times where we've been in practice and these are getting chippy the guys are getting frustrated where I actually have to take Trey off who he's guarding because that whatever starter that is is getting too frustrated. Like he's an elite level defender and sometimes I got to actually take him off so guys can get their confidence. <laughs> it's working both ways. Question for Coach Pope. Coach Pope, do your daughters ever give you basketball advice? Will you share their best insight? Always. <laughs> I mean, always. Like, I, I kid you not, like, I take, I take some criticism from the media. I take criticism from Cougar fans. I take a lot of criticism from the players. <laughs> but, like, man, when I go home after a game and the girls get me, it's on. Like, I just get, oh, it's tough. <laughs> Ruthless. 
Last question before the break, quickly. Coach Pope, how did you mentally prepare your team to win at USF after a tough loss at Gonzaga? It's the team. It's these guys. It's great leadership on this team. I just get to watch it. All right, the short segment. Got to go. Tune in Thursday for Countdown to Tip Off. Jerem Jordan, Tyler Haas getting you geared up for basketball. It is BYU in San Diego, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for the pregame, 9 o'clock for the tip. Coming up next, we'll preview the games this week against San Diego and Portland when BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. All right, so back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Our first game day of the week is Thursday. San Diego's in town. Again, 8 o'clock for the radio pregame Eastern time, 8.30 for the TV pregame, and at 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain, San Diego at BYU on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. A couple of quick words, Coach Pope, about the Toreros. It's actually a showdown for second place when USD comes into your place yeah, on really, Thursday. Yeah, really good team. Um, we're tied in, in second place with them. Uh, you know, they've, they've played great, and they're getting two guys uh, that have been out for the last six weeks, both back from injury, so they'll have their full roster. It's going to be everything we handle. And pretty much the only guy you know from previous games is Calcaterra. Yep. They did add a transfer that you saw at St. John's last yep. year, but kind of a new-look team you didn't play last year. Then you go to Saturday, Portland comes in. That's an entirely new team, like no one back from the team you saw last year yep. with a new coach and a bit of a new feel a little bit there. Yeah, and they're playing really, really well. They've actually, I think they have more wins to this point in the season than they've had in the last seven years or something, I heard some crazy stats. So both teams playing at a really high level. It's going to be a really tough week for us. It's super important. All right, trivia time now. This week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. We do this because of Foose. Here's the question. Who's BYU's all-time freshman leader in offensive rebounds for a season? Because Foose is climbing that top ten. Who is the freshman who grabbed more offensive rebounds than any other in his rookie year? The answer coming up next. Stay with us. Brought to you by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. Who's BYU's all-time freshman leader in offensive rebounds? And Coach Pope, the answer is? Eric Mika. Yes. 93 of them in 2013-14 when Coach Pope was an assistant on the staff. We're going to close out with a little what happened. We're going to have you guys check out some video from behind Coach. This is at USF on Saturday night. We love this guy. It's Ben Nichols. He calls himself the Coob dude. Guys like this, Coach, will make BYU a great place. He got a lot of airtime. I heard a lot of comments <laughs> about him. Good way to go. I love it. All right. Love it. Coach Pope for Trey. I'm Greg. Have a great week. See you, folks. Good luck.